0: Welcome to the Birmingham Bible Conference hosted by Glen Iris Baptist Church. We extend an invitation to you to come visit us at 1137, 10th Place South in Birmingham. The Monday through Wednesday a.m. service begins at 11 or you can join us at noon each day for the delayed broadcast of the morning service. The evening service begins at 7 p.m. or you can join us for the live broadcast each evening. Returning for this year's Birmingham Bible Conference is Dr. Brian Green from London, England, where he has pastored the Calvary Baptist Church for over 50 years. Dr. Green is a gifted preacher and teacher of the Word of God, speaking in many conferences as well as the director of the annual Highly Bible Conference held in Hertfordshire, England. We trust you will find help and encouragement from God's Word today. As we now join the Glen Iris Baptist Congregation for the Birmingham Bible Conference.
1: to the Birmingham Bible Conference, our morning session here. And uh, may the Lord bless us today as we hear the Word of God. We begin yesterday morning, and we'll be continuing through Wednesday morning, uh, Wednesday evening actually, but these morning services here at 11 o'clock, and we welcome those listening by way of radio and television. Brother Roger Wilmore, would you come and lead us in prayer? Let's remain standing for prayer, and then after he prays, if you'll remain standing, we have another song, and ask the Lord's blessing upon us today.
2: May we pray together. Father, we bow our heads and our hearts before you this morning to give you thanks for this beautiful day. And Father, I thank you that we have the privilege of being in this good church, a church, a congregation, a pastor, and its leaders, his leaders that believe in the infallible and errant, inspired, and mutable word of God, and a congregation that will host an event like this event each year with a focus on the Bible, a Bible conference. And Lord, we come this morning uh, asking you to prepare our hearts to hear and receive what you have for us. And thank you for the privilege which is ours to be in this place, to receive the truth of your word. I thank you that Dr. Green is doing better and is able to be here uh, in these days. I thank you for his life and for his ministry. And I pray, Father, for renewed strength to be given to him this morning and throughout these days of this Bible conference, that you might use him as an instrument in your hands for your glory and for the blessings of your people. We give you thanks in advance for what you're going to do and for all that we're going to receive. And we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Go take your Bibles for our responsive reading. We're reading from Psalm 119 this morning. We'll begin there in verse 49. Psalm 119 and verse 49 for our responsive reading. Remember the word unto thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. The proud have had me greatly in derision, yet have I not declined from thy law. Horror hath taken hold upon me because of the wicked that forsake thy law. I I I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law.
0: Jesus
1: I am, I am I am oh lord bless your word to us may these truly guide us we pray your hand upon your servant today lord as he preaches to us in jesus name amen again if you'll remain standing page 548 we're singing as the deer panteth for the water page 548. i uh... seated at last. (laughs) We thank you for standing and uh, taking part in our our services here, the different things we do in chapel here at Glen Iris Baptist School, and we welcome those who have joined with us this morning as well. It was our privilege to have Dr. Brian Brian Green with us here for the Birmingham Bible Conference, and to most of you young people and others, he's no stranger, and he's our friend, and we love to have him come and preach to us the Word of God, and uh, he's the lord has laid on his heart to to preach on different characters in the bible and i think this morning is samson now if he's changed his mind since we met and that is the preacher's prerogative we always want him to follow the leading of the holy spirit and uh, sometimes the the, the lord does that you feel that you should do something different but whatever he brings to us will be a blessing will it not and let's welcome him as he comes dr green come preach to us
3: Well, I'm very pleased to be with you once again at this special conference. Uh, I don't know how many years I've been now uh, to your church, but I always look forward to the morning sessions. I think your pastor has been trying to teach me how to be an American and to speak like an American, but he hasn't done a very good job yet, and he won't do a good job. I can assure you, either. I'm English and I come from London. And uh, we speak in a special way there, of course. It's the Queen's English, you know. And uh, we'll probably be hearing some things a little later on about that. But we concentrate, first of all, on the Scriptures because uh, we know that that's what we're here for. And uh, it's a right thing for Christians to put things which are correct and right first. And we do. We look at the Word of God. If you have your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. We're going to try and speak about Joshua this morning and uh, say a few words about him. Uh, and uh, I, I want to, first of all, uh, read a few verses concerning his call uh, to be a leader. It's really the leaders we're looking at this morning, all in, uh, in the mornings, uh, from the Word of God. And we look at one or two leaders and we'll consider them because all of us really are leaders and will be leaders in our own lives. We may think that we're not, but we are. We're leaders in our homes. We're leaders perhaps amongst our friends. We're leaders uh, also perhaps in a church life as well. But we're all leaders in some measure or some way. One thing that we all ought to determine in our mind, especially the young people here, and that is this, that we can be the best we possibly can be. We may not be as good as other people at playing a, a musical instrument. We may not be able to run as fast as someone else. We may not play uh, some ball game as good as someone else. But listen, we want to be as best, the best we possibly can be. And that's important for every person, whether you're young or old here today. I want to be the best I possibly can be for God. And I hope that we'll convey that message to you. Uh, that when we look at some of these great men of God... Uh, who lived in the past times, they were the best they possibly could be for God. And you and I want to make that resolution and that determination in our hearts and minds. The book of Joshua and chapter 1. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, uh, Moses' minister, saying, Moses my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I uh, do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates. All the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea and toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and have a good courage, for unto this people uh, shalt thou divide the, an inheritance of the land Uh, that uh, thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then uh, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then, then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. May the Lord be pleased to bless the public reading of his own precious and holy word. If I was to choose a text out of all of that scripture, I would uh, choose one which is a reiterating text. In other words, it's more than once. It's it's at least twice in the reading that we read, and uh, it also occurs in another form a little later on in this chapter. But it's just simply, Be strong and of a good courage. Be strong and of a good courage. That was the command that was given to uh, Joshua. And Joshua is one of the great men of the Bible. Uh, He's not uh, uh, known or perhaps uh, thought about as much as Moses or Abraham or perhaps even King David. But he was there with them and he certainly was one of the great men of his day and age. We've read together the call and challenge that was given to Joshua at the death of Moses. And the Lord tells him to arise. Uh, whatever you read in the Scripture when it speaks about arise, what it really means is someone's sitting down, someone is not ready, someone's not perhaps prepared. And so the Lord says, Arise uh, uh, and go forward. And uh, you and I must understand that God sometimes has to wake us up out of our own sleep uh, to do his will and to do that which is for his sake. Remember that for 40 years the children of Israel had been going through the wilderness. Uh, Finally uh, they're coming uh, to the end of their journey in the wilderness. They're reaching their final destination as far as they're concerned and they've reached the land of Canaan which was the land that flowed with milk and honey as far as they were concerned. But their task is not finished. Uh, They have to enter the land, they have to conquer the land, they have to divide the land up into the various tribes and the families of the people so that everyone has something uh, of the land for their own saves. Who would lead them after Moses died? Well, God chose Joshua. And our question maybe that we could ask today is, why did he choose Joshua? Joshua was faced with an awesome task. Uh, He, first of all, had to follow Moses. We've already indicated that Moses was one of the great men of the Old Testament. The Jews, even to this very day, regard Moses as the greatest of all the leaders that ever lived on the face of this earth. And I think they have a good case to argue concerning that, and we would perhaps agree with them. Then also, uh, this was an awesome task as far as Joshua is concerned because of the people that he had to lead. Remember the stories that you read about uh, the children of Israel in the wilderness how the Bible calls them fickle. That means they didn't keep on in the right way. They often turned aside to do their own thing and forget God. (coughs) And you'll remember... how they built a calf didn't they golden calf while Moses was away receiving the tables of the law (coughs) and the instructions concerning the tabernacle and when he came down (coughs) he found them worshipping this golden calf what on earth were they doing they'd seen the miracles of God already in such a remarkable way and yet soon they'd turned their back upon God and they were ascribing their deliverance to this golden calf how stupid can you get but you see, human nature is like that. It really is. You let off restraint in your own lives and, and who knows what you will do. We sometimes read in the papers and perhaps even so on television uh, something uh, of what criminals do. And you say, well, I'd never do that. Listen. Yes, you would. If you didn't have the restraint <coughs> and our restraint, of course, is the word of God and the way of God. And we want to live right. We want to follow the example of our our Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll remember when the fiery serpents came and bit them. Why was that? Because they murmured and groaned and moaned about the food, the wonderful manna that God had given them. That manna was a miracle. A little piece of manna would do everyone every day. And they only had to take the manna, and, and we all have different tastes. I may like a certain thing, and you say, oh, I don't like that at all. You have a different taste than I do. But the manner satisfied every taste possible and also filled them up. It had every, uh, everything that's necessary and needful for them. And yet they were moaning about it. My, wouldn't it be lovely if you went out today and there was banner everywhere and it satisfied your taste and it satisfied everything you really wanted. You think, this is a miracle, this is wonderful. I don't have to have 50 different things when I'm eating. I just have to have a little piece of one. Uh, But you would think that was wonderful. But the children of Israel didn't. (coughs) And God judged them and sent fiery serpents among them. They had, to put, they had to build, or Moses had to <coughs> make a, 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 a brazen serpent, didn't he, and put it on a pole. That's a sign of the cross, by the way, isn't it? It's a picture of the cross. Even the Lord Jesus told us that uh, in John's Gospel. Uh, but once again, you see, these people were like that. They really were. And not only that, <coughs> they wanted water. Remember how they wanted water? Once again, they had moaned and groaned about what God was giving them, And so Moses had to smite the rock and the water gushed out. But he did it again. And when God had told him, all he had to do was to speak to the rock. Once again, it's a picture of the cross, you see. And the cross, of course, was where Jesus was smitten for us. But he's only smitten once. Only once. We only have to talk to him now and ask the Lord Jesus into our hearts and lives and ask him to cleanse us from our sin. And he will do that. But once again, it just shows you how these people, they were like that. Uh, and this people, he, Joshua, had to lead. I wouldn't like to have led a people like that. I'd have got fed up after two or three days. But he didn't. No, he, he did it, and God blessed him. Uh, and also, they had a tremendous task. And you know what the giant task they had? They had to cross the Jordan. <coughs> Jordan was a very, very big river. How were they going to cross the Jordan? Well, of course, God was going to provide a way just like he did through the Red Sea, wasn't he? And the uh, Jordan opened up for them to walk through and walk into the Promised Land. And then, of course, there's another reason that was against him being the leader, that was, look at all the nations that he had to conquer. My, it seems to me to be enormous. How could he do that? This land, and he was going to lead the people of God who were not really warriors oh yes they'd have fought uh, the Amalekites in the wilderness but, but how were they going to fight all these other people when they came into the promised land and do you know how old this man was he was 85 when God called him that gives uh, <coughs> great hope for some of us older ones and we can say listen if God could use an 85 year old and he could use a 75 year old Abraham he could use me as well But listen, he could use you even far more. I've lived my life, but you young people here today have got your lives to live in front of you. Just imagine what you could do for God. Just imagine what you could accomplish in your life. My, you could do great and mighty things for God, even as Joshua did as well. And all of us ought to be ready and prepared to do it. Do you know how how long it took them to go through the land and to conquer the land? Well, it did take them a little longer than this, but after six months, <coughs> six months, the land really was conquered. Yes, there was a lot of other things had to be done, and so you could go on, and you could speak about 18 months, and so on. But nevertheless, in that six months, everything was done, and the land was ready uh, to be inhabited by the children of Israel. And so God blessed him and God used him in a remarkable and a wonderful way. Young people, uh, if God comes to us and we believe he does, if the Lord Jesus came here today and he said, I want you and 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 I want, listen, he wouldn't stop because he would call every one of us. Every one of us has a task to do for the Lord Jesus. Why are we put here on earth? Have you ever wondered about that question? have you ever wondered about why are we here I mean there must be some purpose in it mustn't there here we are in such a a remarkable body with all our intricate parts and our faculties how marvellous that is and you think about all the capabilities that we really have in our hearts and minds as well (coughs) And, and we believe that it's not by luck or by chance that we're here no we don't believe in that we believe in a God that is in charge And the one who is in charge of our lives is, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. Why has he put us here? He's put us here to be his servants. And you and I must face up to the challenge. Why did he put Joshua where he was? (coughs) Well, of course, we understand. God had a purpose for him, to lead the people into the promised land. That was his purpose. That was why he he was put here. I don't know the purpose why God has put you here. I know why he's put me here and I've tried to fulfill that. I've failed him very often. I know that and I recognize my own sin. Perhaps not as much as I ought to but I certainly know uh, that uh, the Lord has a purpose for me even today. And I've lived my life a long while. I've been in charge of a church for a long, long while as well, longer than I care to remember almost. But nevertheless, I want to tell you this. I know why the Lord has put me here, to serve him, to love him, and to work for him and to do everything in my power so that his word may be spread abroad even at my age. What about your age? listen boys and girls and older people too the message comes to every one of us if I speak to the youngest then everybody understands what I have to say and I'm speaking now to you as an individual God has a purpose for you just like this man you know 150 years ago there were many missionary societies that were formed Uh, there were lots and lots of missionary societies in Great Britain where I come from you don't hear much about them today And also there were lots and lots of missionary societies that were formed in the United States of America as well. There was one missionary society that was formed and it had a sign so that if ever you saw uh, something about that missionary society you would see the sign. There was an altar and that altar stood for people put in their bodies on the altar as a living sacrifice for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, uh, Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 tells us that the Lord looks for us to dedicate, to consecrate our bodies, to give him our bodies, uh, and to put them on the altar as a living sacrifice. Not as a dead sacrifice, but a living sacrifice. So there was an altar, there was an ox which stood for work, and there was a plough that stood for what they were doing, and also it had letters, R-F-A. Now, they were never spelt out, but people knew exactly what RFA really stood for. Do you think you could work it out? I think you could if you worked really hard at it, because it just means ready for anything. Ready for anything. I wonder if you'd say this morning, Lord, I'm ready for anything. Well, let me just then speak to you a little bit more about this man. And, and, and the title of the message really would be The man whom God uses, Joshua, the son of Nun. The man whom God uses. So first of all then, a man prepared. Uh, We've been trying already to you to introduce uh, uh, you to this man whom God uses. And and God always prepares a person uh, for his work. Maybe at the moment in your own life, uh, you're a young person who's here, and God is preparing you for the work that he has for you. But he always prepares us because God is like that. There's no question about that. Some one way and some another way. Moses was prepared, first of all by living in Egypt, the first 40 years of his life. The second 40 years of his life was in the backside of the desert, way out in the desert. You'll know that the Bible tells us that, doesn't it? And he had to look after sheep. He was a man who was Educated in all the great, wonderful things of Egypt. So he was a very educated man. But now he's a shepherd, looking after a few sheep out in the desert. My, what a remarkable thing that is. But God was training him (coughs) and teaching him so that when he became the leader of the children of Israel, he knew what to do. That's the wonderful thing which God does in our lives as well. You think of David. David was the great king, wasn't he? Oh no, he was the shepherd first of all, wasn't he? And he was out there looking after the sheep. Could you imagine in your mind what it was like? He would have to guard the sheep. A lion came and he had to defend them. A bear came and he had to defend them. Uh, And you'll know uh, some of the stories which happened because they're recorded in the Psalms that we have. And my, it was very remarkable how God blessed him and used him in a remarkable way and even when he came out and he was uh, a little older now although he was only about 20 probably and just a little under than that you'll remember how he had to live in exile for 10 years and his uh, bed was in the caves or under the trees in the fields in the forests and all sorts of different places and then after the 10 years when he was 30 years of age he became king but it wasn't until that moment sometimes we get annoyed about uh, having to be patient and wait and we do have to wait for God sometimes because uh, we have to be patient because God has to be patient with us because he's teaching and training us so that we might do his will and serve him In the New Testament, we all think about the Apostle Paul. What a wonderful work he did in building churches and uh, in seeing souls saved and brought into the kingdom uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ. But the Lord prepared him. He saved him on the Damascus Road. You'll remember the story, I'm sure. And then after that, for three years, he went into Arabia. Why did he do that? The Lord took him. And the Lord took him there to train him and to prepare him for his life's ministry and for his work. We forget that sometimes, but we need preparing, and the Lord needs to prepare us so that we're ready to do that which is his will, and indeed, it's the same as for Joshua. Because Joshua now is 85, but what happened before him? He's going to, he's going to live a long while even now, and when he's 110, he dies So he still has a good number of years to live and to serve God. But all these years of 85 years, God had been training him and blessing him. First of all, we speak about his birth. Well, in verse 1, it really says something about it. That the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun. Sometimes we have a joke about his name. What a strange name his father had. He's the son of Nun. Does it mean he has no father and no daughter, no no, no, no uh, mother rather? No, of course it doesn't mean that. <coughs> I almost uh, told the people if they were going to put it on the television this morning uh, that in, in uh, uh, Chronicles it actually says Joshua the son of Nun and, but he doesn't say Nun as we know how to spell it, N-U-N but it's also O M. So he was the son of Nun. That's even worse, isn't it? But certainly, here it is in the Scriptures, he's the son of Nun. Who was Nun? We don't really know. But one thing we do know, that 30 times in the Scripture, it says Joshua, the son of Nun. Why did it say that? Because it gives honour to his father. So I believe his father was helping him in a great way, in a marvellous way. And because of that, The scripture honors this man, whoever he was and whatever he did, the Lord blessed this man and uh, he was the the chief of the Ephraim tribe, which was something quite remarkable as well. And when you think about this man uh, who is mentioned so many times, he's a direct descendant of uh, of Joseph and we all know something about Joseph, no doubt, Uh, and we of course understand. Joshua, the son of Nun, Nun was the firstborn in his family. And if he was the firstborn in the family, we know that he was dedicated to God, because the firstborn was always dedicated to God. And so we understand that. Joshua's name was changed. Numbers 13 will tell you all about that if you want to read it for yourself. His name was Oshi, which means salvation. And then it was changed to Joshua, which means Jehovah is salvation. <coughs> That's correct, isn't it? Because salvation is only from the Lord, and we recognize that ourselves. But when you become a Christian, you have a new name. A new name. What new name have we got? Well, we add to our name Christian. So you could say, my name is Brian Christian Green. Uh, That would distinguish me, wouldn't it? (coughs) People could understand that I'm a Christian, and I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we sometimes sing a song which uh, speaks of there's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, it's mine. Uh, We have that new name simply and solely because of the wonder of salvation which he has granted to us each one. The second thing that you have to consider about this man is that he was prepared in bondage. What do I mean by that? Well, he was born in Egypt. Could you imagine how awful it must have been to be a slave in Egypt? There they were, they had to build cities, they had to make bricks out of straw, and day by day they had the whip of the masters around them, coming down on their back if they didn't work hard enough, and here they were. Uh, And you can imagine the hardship that it really was. It was a job of a labourer. I was in college, and I came home once, and every time we came home we used to try to get jobs, so we could earn money and pay our next uh, t- terms fees, and I got a job as a labourer in a tile factory. The tiles that go on the roof of, of, of a house, and uh, I my job was to to get the cement that was being churned <coughs> and made <coughs> from a machine and then wheel this wheelbarrow from this place over here to over here, where they'd actually take it and they'd put it into a a mould and make each tile. There were specialist tiles, you see, and there are specialist tiles on roofs, special roofs. And so all I had to do was, very simple, all the time, just get a lot of cement and wheel the wheelbarrow over here and maybe 100 yards that I had to wheel the wheelbarrow. Now, that was easy, and I thought that was easy. I was just a young man. I'd been in college for a little while. I was fit and strong. I could do anything, and so I was able to do it. Well, the people used to come along in front of me, and they used to get the cement, and you could see they only got half full. I thought, well, if I got if I got it full, and I wheeled it from here to here, that means I would be able to make more tiles. And if I made more tiles, i get double pay. Well, that's easy, isn't it? It's good logic. And uh, I wanted double pay. I wanted as much money as I possibly could. So I piled the cement on and piled the cement on, and they all looked at me with open mouths and, and gasped that I got so much cement, but it's easy, isn't it? So I went and I grabbed hold of the, the side of the wheelbarrows. I hope you understand my good English and uh, I, that I'm what I'm talking about. But I grabbed hold of the handles and... Uh, You know what happened? I couldn't even move the wheelbarrow. I couldn't lift it up. I couldn't wheel it. I couldn't wheel it that much, never mind about a hundred yards. And what did I have to do? I had to take a shovel and I had to shovel all the cement off into someone else's wheelbarrow. (coughs) And then I was able to lift it up. But by the end of that week, I can tell you I had muscles here, came out here. I couldn't even put my coat on. They were so big. It was amazing, amazing thing that that you could do. Well, I'm sure that they had to do something like that when they were in this slavery in Egypt, and it wasn't a, a nice job, but he must have kept at it. And God blessed him. And sometimes we go through periods in our lives that we don't like, and things are hard and difficult. But listen, if God is in it, God is doing a good job, a good job for us and we must understand that and then another way which God taught <coughs> uh, Joshua and that is in the battle <coughs> when the children of Israel came out of Egypt they went into the wilderness and the first thing or almost the first thing happened to them and we read about this in Exodus and chapter 17 uh, that they <coughs> had a battle with Amalek Amalek was the uh, tribe of the desert and being the tribe of the desert they were there and they would fight with anybody and they were ready to fight with the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt uh, now they had a strategy because what they actually did was <coughs> they took those people were at the back so the old people who couldn't walk as fast as other people and the people who were perhaps cripples and, and the people who had a hard time in doing get, keeping up with the people, they would always come at the back. And so they came down and swept down from the mountain and they destroyed them. And then Israel was in a battle, weren't they? Who led them? Joshua. But they'd never fought before. They were not a warrior tribe, but God blessed them, didn't he, through Moses being in the mount. And when Moses lifted up his hands and he prayed, then God gave them the victory and in his hand was the rod remember that rod that Moses had it's now the rod of God he lifts up the rod and that's the sign of authority the sign of blessing and the sign of power you think of all the things he did with that rod he opened the Red Sea with that rod and also he brought the uh, brought the plagues upon Egypt with that rod. I know he lifted it up like that, but of course his hands got, got very, very heavy. If I lifted up my hands for five minutes, I'd know all about it. Uh, but they came along and held his hands up. They put him on, on, on a great stone. So he sat on the stone. And the people who were in the fight, they could see Moses with his hands lifted up. He's praying for me. God is hearing. God is answering prayer. And he lifted up his rod to heaven and and the people saw, that rod is with us, that's the presence of God. It speaks of the presence of God. And so they knew that and they won the battle. And so he learns to fight. Any leader has to learn to overcome the old enemy because the devil will tempt us, the devil will try us, the devil will try and stop us, stop us doing his work and his will. And you and I don't want to do that we want to win through and fight for God and do that which is right and then also another thing as well God prepared him through his behaviour you see here was a man who was faithful he was by Moses' side constantly and continually he was a unique man in scripture do you know that there's nothing said wrong about Joshua now listen he wasn't a perfect man because no man is a perfect man there's no question about that And we know that and we realize that. But one thing we do know, and that is this, there was no scandal attached to his life. There was no sin that was uh, exhibited in his life. He was a man who sought the Lord and was faithful in all that he he did. And, of course, he was the man who was uh, one of the spies who went into the land at Kadesh bar And he and Caleb came back, didn't they, with a good report. And all the other spies, they had a bad report or an evil report, the Bible says. They could see the giants and they thought themselves to be just pygmies and they couldn't fight the giants. But they'd forgotten that God was on their side and God would have fought the giants and God would have given them the victory and God would but give them the victory constantly and continually in their lives. But here was a faithful man, and a man who kept uh, Moses even when the people were against him. Then uh, Joshua still stood fast by Moses. is that quite remarkable? I think it is, and I think it's wonderful. And then when they came to the end of the journey through the wilderness, there were only two men who had lived through the whole of the journey and were now seeking to do the will of God. And that was, first of all, it was Caleb, and also not only Caleb, but it was Joshua, two faithful men of God, because all the others had died because of their sin and because of all that they did. Can you see what I'm trying to say? I'm trying to say that (coughs) if you're going to serve God, God will prepare you. We have to be ready for that preparation that God gives. It was a long time as far as Joshua was concerned. Those 40 years, perhaps, and even more than that, 80 years, perhaps, and all these times. And then when you come to this chapter that we read together, you see here a man presented because he's being presented to God. And what, what what is God is saying here? God is saying, be thou strong and of a good courage. How could he be strong? Well, the Lord tells him. And the Lord says, because I'm with you, I'll always be with you. Isn't it wonderful to know that the Lord Jesus is always with you? You know, it's said about the Indian braves, of years ago. How did a, an, an Indian become one of the braves? They came, became a brave when they were just a young boy. Just a young boy. What happened was that when uh, an Indian boy became of a certain age, I don't know what that age was, maybe it was 12, but they were taken out into a forest. And what would happen to them, they were going to be left in the forest overnight. And nobody would be with them. Nobody would be there at all. And they would be left throughout the whole of the night. I don't know if you would like that. Uh, You can imagine in your mind all the funny noises that comes from the forest. And all the creepy and crawly things around. And maybe bigger creepy and crawly things around as well. And it would be dangerous. There's no question about it. And the Indian boy would know that there were lions there. And there were perhaps tigers. And there were perhaps... Uh, lots of other animals and yet they had to stay there overnight how brave were they they were never counted a brave until they stayed the whole night in that forest and so the boy would be taken out and he would uh, be left in the middle of the forest and through the night where there was no light except for the moon And then he would hear the noises and I'm sure he would jump a few times and then he would see shadows wondering just what sort of animal that was and was he safe What could he do? Could he run? No. If he did, he would fail the test. And then the morning light would come. Maybe he was now frightened out of his life, but he'd stayed in that one place. He'd not moved at all. He had been brave. And then when he looked, there was a tree just there. And behind the tree stepped someone out. It was his father. His father had been there all of the time. You see, that's just exactly the same as the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the Lord Jesus Christ is there all of the time. Oh yes, we may have temptations and we may have trials and we have difficulties in our lives. But the Lord will always be there, even in the darkness, even in the trouble in our lives. The Lord Jesus is always there if we really have trusted him ourselves. What about you, young person, an older person this morning? Are you prepared to be ready for anything? so that the Lord will use you, so that the Lord will bless you in your own heart and life. We're looking at some of these great characters of the Bible and Joshua was a great character, there's no doubt about that. You imagine how God used him, took him into the promised land with all these thousands and thousands of people behind him. He was responsible for every one of them. He had to overcome the foes. If you read their names, sometimes you think, my, their name sounds as if they're uh, like uh, diseases the Girgashites uh, and the Hittites uh, and, and all the other Canaanites and so on My, they, were, they were mighty people they were mighty nations but God blessed him God helped him to overcome and then he had to divide up the land you imagine dividing up the land with these people that are always rebellious and always arguing about everything they still are today and they keep on and they'll always be like that but he had to divide up the land. That was God's work for him. That's not God's work for you. You have another thing to do. God will indeed bless you if you work hard and do that which is right in his sight. We began this morning by me saying to you that you could be the best you possibly can be. I don't know what that is. But I do know God expects you, if you belong to him, you trust in him as your own personal saviour, then God expects you to be the best you possibly can be. He expects me to be as well. And I trust that we together might be the best we possibly can be for the Lord. Remember what God says to you, be strong and of a good courage. Let's remember Joshua as a man who was faithful to God and God blessed him in a remarkable manner. in a wonderful way. May God bless you too in that way.
0: Thank you for joining us for another service from the annual Birmingham Bible Conference here at Glen Iris Baptist Church in South Birmingham. If you would like a CD copy of Dr. Green's message, please call us at 205-323-1516. Again, that number is 205-323-1516. Or if you choose to write and request copies of these messages, send your correspondence to Glen Iris Baptist Church, 1137 10th Place South, Birmingham, Alabama, 35205. Again, that address is Glen Iris Baptist Church, 1137 10th Place South, Birmingham, Alabama, 35205. Thank you for joining us either on WAY-TV Channel 47 or WGIB Radio, the Where God is Blessing Broadcasting Network.